0: We serve the underserved and a lot of those communities are non-English speaking and have different cultural beliefs. And so there's a lot of education and just general awareness that needs to take place. And our strategy has been to reach out to those community leaders as potential models or potential leaders that can help distribute vaccine education and awareness information.
1: Welcome to the Big Unlock podcast, your leading source for insights and best practices on the digital transformation of healthcare. Join host Padipat Patmanaban, CEO of Demo Consulting and best-selling author of Healthcare Digital Transformation. How consumerism, technology, and pandemic are accelerating the future in conversation with healthcare and technology leaders. This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partners, InnoVacer and Palbox.
2: Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. This is Patty, and it is my great privilege and honor to introduce uh, my special guest today, Dr. Rich Parker, Chief Medical Officer of Arcadia Analytics, and Jennifer Polello, Senior Director of Quality and Population Health for the Community Health Plan in Washington State. Jennifer and Rich, thank you so much for setting aside the time and welcome to the show. Thank Thanks you. Great to, to be here. here. Awesome. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, Jennifer, I'm going to start with you. Tell us a little bit about the Community Health Plan in Washington and the populations that you serve. Sure. Community Health Plan of
0: Washington, we're a not-for-profit health plan. We were founded by 20 federally qualified health centers almost 30 years ago now. We've got approximately 250,000 members through our Medicaid, Medicare, which also includes special needs population, and then Cascade Care, uh, which is a new line of business for us that we started uh, this year. And then in addition to our 20 founding community health centers, our network consists of 100 hospitals across the state, uh, 174 clinics, we have more than 2,700 primary care providers and well over 14,000 specialists. The thing that really makes our organization unique is that you know we believe in the power of community and at the heart of everything we do is our mission to serve our members and our communities across the state of Washington.
2: Excellent, thank you for that background. So let me start by asking you this, we are all living through a vaccine moment, and uh, we'd like to explore a little bit of your experience in uh, rolling out the vaccine. Maybe you can start by telling us how long ago you had to start planning for this and uh, talk about the program itself and what have been some of your challenges in rolling out the vaccine to your populations.
0: Well, you know, certainly the, the planning around vaccine distribution and the logistics surrounding that started you know well before we had an approved vaccine you know in terms of looking at eligibility who would be available and how we were going to roll this out our main emphasis was providing support to our our community health centers across our network and trying to help them with any logistical challenges or education and awareness needs that they might have and that's where our partnership with Arcadia really kind of took off because in 2020, we had great success using the Arcadia Outreach Module when the pandemic started for things like what exactly is coronavirus, which evolved to where to go for testing, which evolved to benefit reminders and connections to our community programs teams for referrals to social services needs for things like food security so we kind of laid the groundwork for all of this in 2020 when the pandemic started and using, you know, all of these resources and, and distributing that, that information via the outreach functionality within Arcadia. But, you know, in terms of, you know, getting ready for vaccine distribution, our role really has been to support our community health centers around getting members aware and educated around,
2: around the vaccine Interesting. And I will come back to some of the comments you made, especially around the social determinants, Uh, given the populations that you serve. And I imagine it has a big role to play in your outreach effort. Rich, uh, let me ask you, tell us a little bit about Arcadia Analytics and and about your involvement in the uh, vaccine outreach effort at Community Health Plan.
3: Sure. Thanks for the opportunity. So Arcadia is a company dedicated to assisting healthcare networks, and to some extent, uh, payers, uh, mostly commercial payers, deal with all the disparate data that's out there. So getting all the data together from different sources, whether it's claims data, electronic health record data, lab data, state health information exchange data, social determinants data, and getting all that disparate data together, aggregating it, cleaning it up, making it useful... And then we have a set of analytics that sits on top of that data for each of our customers, allowing them to succeed in what we call value-based care, population health, basically improving the health of the community. So that's the shorthand. As for vaccines, I myself am an internist. I've always been interested in vaccines uh, since I started medical school. And fortunately, we have these fantastic Vaccines available so quickly uh, to help deal with this epidemic. And Arcadia has worked with many customers in helping risk stratify patients, that is, figuring out who's at risk for COVID, educating uh, patients as to when they should ask for care or when vaccines are available, where can they get them, and then also looking at gaps in care. So if people who should have had a vaccine didn't have a vaccine, we can identify those gaps and help our customers fill them.
2: So in your work in uh, in pulling all the data together, which it seems like a fairly comprehensive approach to me, you're getting data from multiple sources, you're overlaying the social determinants data. Where are you getting all this data from? And can you maybe share a couple insights that you were able to get from the data that helped you to enable community health plan and Jennifer's team to drive better outcomes or better outreach. Can you share a couple successes, best practices, if you will?
3: Sure. I'll go first, and then Jen can give some more detail. So our main sources of data are every night from the electronic health record. Some people say electronic medical record, EHR, EMR. So we get a download of data that's extremely up to date. It's from that day. And then usually on a monthly basis, we get claims data. So that means that every time a patient is seen either in a doctor's office or in a hospital setting and a claim is generated, that information comes back to us and we can use that to figure out what's going on with the population. And so that information, for example, at CHPW, where Jen works, it would allow us to understand, for example, which zip codes are doing better with vaccination which are doing worse, and where do we have to focus our efforts more accurately and intensively? But Jen, maybe you can add a little more color about how Arcadia has worked with CHPW specifically.
0: Sure, absolutely. So you know we relied heavily on our Arcadia analytics platform during this this time. We have all twenty CHCs connected to the Arcadia platform. So we've got. You know EHR data from all of those organizations. We've also added ADT data, which is admin, Discharge, Transfer data. So we get information from the hospitals. We have a separate lab feed, and also Dr. Rich talked about our claims. So all of that data really allows us that longitudinal picture of what's going on with the with the member, and that really allowed us to you know help the community health centers know, as Dr. Rich pointed out, you know, who's got care gaps, who hasn't been seen, who's at risk for COVID. And also, I might add, I talked about the outreach efforts that we did. I mean, we enjoyed almost an 80% success rate with our outreach efforts, which is really high considering, you know, we're dealing with Medicare and Medicaid members that typically are a little bit harder to reach. And so, Having access to that EHR data, the demographic and contact information in the EHRs combined with all of that other data really gave us that actionable longitudinal picture of the member and enabled us to assist our community health centers in reaching those members for whatever needs they might have.
1: This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partners, InnoVacer and Powbox.
2: Can you tell us about one or two nuggets of insight that you got out of the platform and the analytics tools that Arcadia may have deployed? Anything that came out that surprised you or was in some way unanticipated and helped you really improve the outcomes that you were going after?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've got lots of different registries available to us in the platform. And and one of the the most utilized is, you know, just our, our patient registry and being able to sort that registry by members that are at most risk. So we can sort by the highest risk members. We can sort by members that have a lot of care gaps or chronic conditions. All of that, you know, flexibility within the platform allows us to tailor uh, different outreach methods within the chcs language preferences i might add that was one thing that came in handy over 2020 because we relied on arcadia for outreach and translated into lots of different languages which was really helpful and and used the accurate contact information and targeted those messages by zip code as dr rich alluded to earlier So I think, you know, there wasn't any one thing that stood out. It was kind of a combination of all the different functionality within the platform that we were able to tailor to each of our our center's needs at the time.
2: Yeah. So, Rich, let me ask you about the data itself. Healthcare data is challenging to work with. They come in different formats. They are not necessarily standardized to one standard. There's a lot of effort that goes into really preparing the data and making it ready for analysis before you can run any meaningful analytics on it. So tell us about some of the challenges that you have to deal with when you're pulling all these data sources together and uh, maybe talk about that a little bit, just so that our listeners get an appreciation of the challenges involved and what you've had to overcome to make your algorithms and your risk stratification models really meaningful.
3: Sure. Sure. It's a great question, and you know, if we take a really 60,000-foot view of this challenge, if you look around the world, there are some countries that have a single health record for everyone in the country, yeah. and that, in retrospect, seems like a really good idea, but that's not what we have in the United States. We have many, many EHRs. We still have some people on paper, but most people are on some computer system now. But you're quite right that the data comes in all shapes and forms. And a lot of times, healthcare networks have doctors that are on many different systems. So in order for that system to have an aggregated data set that's usable, you need a company like Arcadia to be able to take all the data that's available in a real-time way and clean it up very quickly and make it available for analysis. And since it's healthcare data, it has to be very accurate. Now, sometimes we have challenges with getting uh, corrupted data or incorrect data. That could come in the form of a claims file from a payer that has a problem in it. But fortunately, we have very sophisticated tools where we're usually able to identify that there's some problem with the data, and that sends up a flag for our staff so we can get in there and quickly try to fix it. So you're quite right. It is complicated, but we have years of experience doing this. And the analytics are only as good as the data source that sits underneath it. So we spend a lot of time and effort to make sure that data is correct for each customer.
2: Yeah,
0: I would add to to that, you know, we, from our side, so we take it on on more of the operational level. I have a a staff that works directly with the Arcadia team to ensure that data quality, you know, is up up to speed and that integrity of the data is there. As you can imagine, we've got, as I outlined earlier, lots of different connectors. Just in the EHRs alone, there's 20 different data points and data connectors there, which, you know, 20 different organizations, anytime they make a change to their workflow could impact, you know, how the data gets back to Arcadia. And so it's a a constant management of the data quality and something that we are always working with our centers on to make sure that data quality and data integrity is, you know, first and foremost in their their minds. And if they make a change to their EHR in a template or a workflow, that they're thinking about the downstream impact of that. And it's easier said than done, unfortunately, a lot
2: of the times, but something that we continue to to work on. Yeah. Let me talk about the tech a little bit, especially in terms of the outreach, Uh, We are in a year of virtual care, telehealth, telemedicine, digital health, digital health tools. Now you're addressing a population that may not be as technologically enabled, especially if you're talking about uh, lower income populations, let's say. And I've talked to several CIOs about this challenge as well. How do you ensure that, uh, you know, what kind of modalities, let me put it this way, what kind of modalities do you use in your outreach as far as the vaccination program goes?
3: Let me start, and then, Jen, maybe you can follow up. One of the big learnings for us is that text outreach is the best way to go. Text? And text. In yeah. the old days, okay. we were sending letters. Then we were making phone calls. And then a lot of people switched from landlines to cell phones. And then a lot of people got a lot of junk calls and stopped answering their phones. But we have learned through experience that most people look at texts when they arrive on their cell phone. And we have now sent over 3 million text messages out to patients on behalf of our customers, all healthcare related, a lot of it around vaccine, education, gaps in care. But text message is the way to go. The messages are short. And the other thing we've learned about text messages is we can embed a URL. So, for example, if there's a longer message that CHPW wants to get out to its patients, they can put a URL in there and the patient or the customer can click on that and get the website that CHPW
2: wants them to see. And how well has that worked for you, Jennifer? It worked exceptionally
0: well. As I mentioned, we had, you know, that nearly 80% success rate and and that was from our text campaign. So I completely agree with, with Dr. Rich that it's... The text is the way to go. We had very good success rates in reaching our members. And the ability to embed additional information was really helpful because, you know, as Dr. Rich pointed out, you can can send a real short message and then have links to additional messages. So in terms of vaccine education and awareness, we were able to link to our state's phase finder to help folks understand when it was their turn to get the vaccine. And then over last year, it was really great for driving folks to testing locations and benefit reminders. You know, it was just it was really invaluable in terms of directing
2: members exactly where we wanted them to go. Yeah, this has been very interesting, uh, your experience and and how you have applied analytics to plan your outreach campaigns. Now, of course, in the context of vaccines, We very often hear about uh, vaccine hesitancy, and uh, there's a lot of studies that have shown that there's a significant percentage of the American population that uh, do not want to be vaccinated or have concerns or what have you. Is that a problem at your institution, Jennifer? And uh, can you talk to that a little
3: bit? So in the big picture, absolutely vaccine hesitancy is a really big problem. Probably right now, about a third of people in the United States are reluctant to get the COVID vaccine. We know that people that are over the age of 55 and white are more likely to accept the vaccine. Younger people, people of color are less likely to accept the vaccine and we can use our data to figure out where the gaps in care are. But Jen, maybe you could follow up on the question about your experience with vaccine hesitancy at CHPW.
0: Yeah, I think we, we're we pretty much in alignment with, with that as well. We serve the underserved and a lot of those communities are non-English speaking and have different cultural beliefs. And so there's a lot of education and just general awareness that needs to take place. And our strategy has been to reach out to those community leaders as potential models or potential leaders that can help distribute vaccine education and awareness information. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a a real concern and uh, something that we're working with our individual communities on on how to
2: combat. Yeah, I guess that's uh, sort of in progress. It's a work in progress. And and all the data and all the reports that I read point to that being a significant challenge. Well, in some ways, I imagine it's a good challenge to have. It's better than the challenge of not having vaccines to distribute uh, to begin with. So I'm sure with all the analytics that you have and with all the tools at your disposal, you're doing the best you can. Just to wrap this up, if, you, if there is one best practice or insight, anything that you would like to share with your peers in the industry, Rich and Jennifer, would you like to share one each based on your experience, especially around vaccines?
3: Sure, thank you for the opportunity. I guess I would say I am very bullish very optimistic, very enthusiastic about using data to help push the vaccination rates up as high as possible. I would say the flip of that is without data, you're just operating in the dark. You have no idea what's going on. With data, we're not going to get perfect compliance, but we will find out who has been vaccinated, who still needs vaccines, and then we can target our outreach to the people that are still outstanding so we can do the best possible effort to get as many people vaccinated as possible.
0: Jennifer, yeah, well, well said, Dr. Rich. I completely agree with that. And I think if we didn't have our Arcadia platform and access to this integrated data and access to this longitudinal record of our members' And the ability to sort by risk and look at care gaps and find out, you know, who had the first vaccine, who needs the second one, all of those different functionalities really allow us to be in the forefront and at the top end of the curve on reaching our members. And so I think that really is the key. You know, we've got, we've got timely data and
2: data that really connects us back to the, the needs of our members and our communities. That's well said. That's what's well said. Well, Dr. Rich and uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show. I think your your insights and your experience is so practical, so hands-on. And at the same time, you're using technology and data and analytics in very meaningful ways to drive the desired outcomes at a time when I think uh, we are all waiting to put this whole thing behind us. And so I wish you continued success with your efforts and I look forward to staying in touch.
0: Thank you very
3: much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can reach us at info at thebigunlock.com with your feedback and questions. This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partners, Innovator and Powbox.